One of the most exciting times in the NBA season, especially for more casual NBA fans, is the NBA trade deadline, which we're 23 days away from. And there's been no significant movement seemingly on any of the deals. And I think that that is in large part due to the parity right now that we're seeing in the NBA. We're going to talk about how the parity is affecting the NBA trade deadline and what pieces could be on the move by some of the lesser teams in the NBA when the deadline does come up. We'll get into all that and more right after this. Thank you for tuning in to the number one place for your daily basketball fix, NBA Central. Hosted by the one and only CEO Hayes. All right, basketball fans. So I've been sitting, I've been, I've been thinking about this, right? And it, it's not like it's anything that takes a deep level of thought or anything like that, but it's just been something that's wildly on my mind. It's just how quiet the NBA trade deadline is. We've heard like some of the same names that we heard at the beginning season, the constant random trade for Buddy Hill or Miles Turner or the uh, Bojan Bogdanovic uh, being available or, you know, players like that. The Jay Crowder, who's literally been on the trade deadline since like the beginning and opening of free agency. It's been a lot of things uh, uh, and, you know, little rumors, but not any significant movement really on any of those. And it's really raised the question of like, why is it? And I look at the, at the standings in the NBA right now. And for example, in the Eastern Conference, between the one seed to the six seed, it's only eight games. And then it's even less so from the fourth seed to the 10th seed is really only about eight games separating that. And, you know, so if you're in the middle of the pack team, if you're anywhere between that four to kind of 10 area in the NBA, most teams are probably convincing themselves, hey, we're not that far off. And that's what really parity does. You look at the Western Conference, the Golden State Warriors, who just yesterday, as of this recording, were a playing team. They win one game and now they're the seventh seed, almost even out of the playing tournament in the Western Conference, and that's why I think you're seeing it be more quiet around this NBA trade, trade deadline. It's just there, there, there are so many teams that are only a few games behind in their mind that it's created this kind of false sense of we're not that far off. Let's be buyers more than sellers. Let's not give up anything significant. And so, you know, you, you look at one of those teams and, and are, is probably going to blow it up or it's going to take one team to make a major move. And then we're, we may see a string of dominoes, but you could see maybe for one of the first times in NBA history, most teams kind of hold on to their cards, see where the chips fall this season, and then maybe make their bigger adjustments in the offseason. And that's kind of what I think we're going to in the NBA. Now, you have the teams that are, that are absolutely at the bottom and really have no hope of even making the play-in tournament. And you may see those teams sell off some pieces. But other than that, it's really... It's really kind of quiet. Even though you look at a team, you guys know I'm a Bulls fan, a, a team like the Chicago Bulls, like, yes, it's been a really disappointing season for them, especially if you're a Bulls fan, but technically they're four games out of missing the playing tournament as far as, you know, not having to pay being the sixth seed. So because of those things, it's like, I wonder how many teams are just hoping, like, are watching and monitoring and thinking, hey, we can go on a stretch or if we can get healthy or heck, if another team gets an injury or maybe we look at that team and say, Hey, listen, we don't think that the way that that team's playing is sustainable. Let's go ahead and hold our cards because we think we can leapfrog them. There's a lot of that going on right now in the NBA. You hear like John Collins with the Atlanta Hawks, but then you may see the Hawks and say, hey, if we don't get a deal back to where we get a, a big enough piece back for John Collins to kind of keep us where we are, we're just going to hold on to him and see where we end up the season and maybe we do something at the draft to try to move up that way. And it begs the question, like, are we going to see one of the, least amount of activity at the trade deadline that we've ever seen and then if that is the case does that mean that we're going to see a ton of trades 
like at the draft for teams to try to move up or get draft picks or maybe at the start of offseason there's just a bevy of trades with teams just figuring out that their roster didn't work and trying to figure out why it didn't like it just leads so many questions and you know, this is one of the, the times in the NBA where the playing tournament makes sense and things like that. Just how much parity it is right now in both conferences in the NBA. And you can turn on any game on any given night and just see a really good game, even by some of the teams that are at the bottom and have no chance of making the play. And so it, it, it just it's an interesting train of thought to see like which one of these moves at the at towards the top of their conference makes any type of significant move if they do. Um, you, you look at like Boston, do they do something highly unlikely? They're the number one team in the NBA and it makes, it doesn't make really any sense for them to the Brooklyn Nets back at being the two seed after they dropped last, uh, last week, like again, a hot week or a cold week in the NBA can drastically change where you're seated at and thus make you think you're closer to actually contending than what you are. When you look at it, there are really only, I say maybe three or four teams in the NBA that are truly have a chance at a championship. But even me saying that doesn't mean that it's true because it all it takes is the right matchup in the playoffs, a team to get hot in the playoffs, especially if you're hanging around, you never know. And so I, I, I hope that we're shape that we're that it's shaping up to give us one of the most exciting playoffs that we've seen in a while overall from, from the first round to the finals. But it, it begs the question on this. So what is, what are the pieces that could be on the move? at this trade deadline, and because I, I, I'm going to keep away from, from a lot of the teams at the top, I'm going to look at just the bottom feeders in the NBA right now, and the reason why I'm going to do that is because these are the teams that are more likely to blow it up. These are the teams that aren't uh, really performing towards their expectations, and they may look and say, hey, we're about to pay this guy. We're paying this guy this to just be where we are. Let's go ahead and move on from that. We might as well get worse. Maybe try to get tank a little bit to get Victor Wimbiana here on the back half of the season, and the first team that I'm going to go to is the Charlotte Hornets. Michael Jordan is the worst owner in all of sports, and I think most people know that and understand that as far as just getting the job done. Uh, but when you look at pieces that could potentially be on the move for them, you've already heard Terry Rozier could be on the move. Look at Kelly Aubrey Jr., who has a sizable contract, Mason Plumlee, P.J. Washington. These are players that they could look to move from this roster and try to get worse to solidify, maybe going after that potential generational talent in Victor Wimbiana to pair that with, La with LaMelo Ball. It's so crazy that Jordan got his superstar through the draft, right? After after the Charlotte Hornets missed on so many draft picks over the last 10 years, they got it, and they have not just been able to put a team around him, and the Charlotte Hornets sit right now as the worst team in the Eastern Conference, and this is a team that had playoff aspirations, absolutely. So you look at them, they could be a team that looks to move some of their pieces. The next team up, another East Eastern Conference team, is the Detroit Pistons, and on their roster, Sadiq Bey is a potential Alex Burks, Norland's Noel, and of course, Bojan Bogdanovic, who uh, got signed an extension. But of course, that could actually bode well for a team, especially if you are a contending team with a nice window open for a couple of more years. You add Bojan to your roster, maybe for a first round pick that's not going to be super high, and you see what you can do. Um, but I look at this Detroit Pistons roster, second worst team in the Eastern Conference right now. They only have 12 wins on the season. They're absolutely a team that could look to sell off some of that especially veteran talent that they have, go completely young and just let that figure out. Again, another team that could be in that victor when beyond the sweepstakes as well. So they're definitely a team that I think is a threat to, to kind of, I wouldn't say necessarily blow up their roster, but definitely trade a lot of pieces on their roster. The next one up is a Western Conference team. Our first one on the list, that's the Houston Rockets. Eric Gordon, Kenya Martin Jr. Kenya Martin Jr. asked for a trade 
early in the offseason. They didn't they didn't get one. He is a nice piece that can defend, shoot some threes, play multiple positions that that, that teams could look at. And then Eric Gordon, the veteran, the scorer off the bench. Every team needs scoring off the bench, especially in the playoffs. Adding depth can't hurt. Of course, the size of his contract could it keeps that that deal from being a a a minor deal. You kind of gotta unless you have a contract that's just kind of sitting around, maybe injured player or something like that. But I definitely think those are two pieces that could be on the move from the Houston Rockets, as the Houston Rockets right now are the worst team in the Western Conference. And then next up, the Orlando Magic. This team is just when you look at the Orlando Magic's offseason, it really it, it's kind of crazy. Bo Bo, who's been balling out for them, has really made Mo Bamba uh, expendable. And you look at the the Orlando Magic, who renounced the rights to Mo Bamba. He was an unrestricted free agent. Then they end up signing him on a one plus one deal anyway at ten and a half million dollars per year. It was just wild. They haven't played him uh, consistently. He hasn't gotten a look after having his best season as a pro, not really getting off the bench at all as Mo Bamba. He definitely a player that could be on the move. Terrence Ross as well, another veteran, well, a veteran piece on that team that they could look to move, get worse. Gary Harris, RJ Hampton. RJ Hampton, a younger player, um, wasn't drafted too long ago. If you are a team that wants an injection of some young talent, you could be looking at RJ Hampton. So, that's the players on the on the um, Orlando Magic that I look. And then the last team we're going to talk about today is the San Antonio Spurs. When you look at the Spurs, a team that everybody expected to tank coming into this season, uh, and if they get Victor Wimbiana, it'd be crazy if they do. Um, and the San Antonio Spurs right now, the second worst team in the Western Conference by record, only having 13 wins on the season. You look at Jakob Porto. He's been a, a player that uh, most people have had in some type of uh, trade conversations for the most part of the season. I wouldn't mind if the Chicago Bulls go after him, but a, a very solid center that can come in and do some things. If you want to shore up that starting center spot, Port, you could do a lot worse than Jacopoto. And then on top of that, if you want to just have him, if you have the luxury of having him on your bench, even more so. So we'll see a talented big man who isn't a huge score by any means, but he just does all the little things well. And he can be a very good system player on most teams. Another one, Josh Richardson. His career has just gone so crazy, but definitely a trade piece. And last, Doug McDermott. Again, a player who started off kind of disappointing to what people expected of him coming out of college, but has rounded out to a very solid pro, putting together a solid um, professional career. Definitely a piece that could fit on a lot of teams, bring some shooting, bring some size, bring a little bit of rebounding as well. Those are the pieces that I look at, and those are the teams that I think are most likely to give up some major pieces, major rotational pieces on their rosters. Because I just think a lot of the teams at the top are going to be looking at even some of the teams. In, you know, let's not focus on the top. Some of the, Most of the teams in the middle of the pack area may be looking to buy rather than sell. And so we'll see. This is shaping up to be a very interesting uh, trade deadline in the NBA. Let me know what you guys think on that. Let me know what you guys think on the parody on the NBA as well. Let me know all that down below. You can follow the show at uh, NBA Central Show on, um, on Twitter, if I can think correctly. Then you, you finally got social media for it. You can also send us any feedback, questions, comment, concerns, NBA Central Show at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are, hopefully, at some point, the number one spot for everything basketball-related. We out this mug. Peace, y'all, man. Enjoy basketball. This is what it boils down to. With all the things going on this season, and, you know, trade conversations, and those things are always going to be fun to talk about, but let's just enjoy the basketball we're seeing this season, man. But that's it for me today, man. Peace, y'all. Love y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media.